Joining me right now on Kumite TV is Bellator featherweight contender, Janae Harding. What's going on, Janae? Nothing much. What's going on with you? Nothing much. Uh, I want to get it started with, you know, something that is hot right now or today. You know, UFC London, Jorge Masvidal, he got a big win against Darren Till. After mm -hmm. the fight, he was doing an interview. And another fighter off the card, Leon Edwards, was walking by. He said some things. Jorge Masvidal put on a combination and then a brawl ensued. What are your thoughts on like people talking trash to each other? And he said before the interview that someone's gonna eventually get hurt. Do you think that, you know, that's something that's gonna get worse and worse? I would say so. I mean, progressively we've had like more of these outside of the cage issues that have been happening. It's kind of becoming a little bit of a reality TV show, hearing people like getting in trouble with the law and like jumping out of the cage and all that sort of stuff. Like. It's not necessarily positive, but I can't really see it, like, slowing up. I mean, it's already such a testosterone-fueled sport and it's such an aggressive sport in itself. You can kind of, I guess, like, you can kind of expect these, I don't know, confrontations to happen, but at the same time, it's like, we already get to fight each other. Like, why not just settle these things, like, in a glorified bout where you get paid for it? Like, it just makes a little bit more sense to me. Um, I'm not necessarily a massive fan of, like, trash talking and stuff. I mean, I don't really know what Leon said, um, so I don't really keep track of it, but, I'm um, like, what can someone really say that will cause you to finish your fight and then hit somebody again, like, and then get into another fight. It's just like, dude, like, if you're going to, like, if especially if they're on the roster, you can, you guys can fight each other in real life. Like, it's, it's exciting. And then you can get paid for it and then you can get endorsements for it and you can hype it up and whatever. Like, I think for me especially, fighting is now, um, it's kind of less, not exciting, but it's like this thing where I don't need to fight now because I know that I can fight, and so I need to fight less. And if I do fight, I want to get paid for it. So for me, I feel like fighting on the street is kind of below us now. Like it should be something that's like lesser. You should like just kind of prioritize the fact that this is now your career, so do it as a skill rather than a, I don't know, a brawl or a confrontation. Now let's get into your last fight, Bellator 207. You got the doctor stoppage over Sinead Kavanaugh. Were you training those elbows during that training camp leading up? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I kind of like, I knew I'd studied like a lot of her tape and stuff and she has that boxer style and obviously wants to land that right hand. So I did know that closing the distance would be a good thing to either stay long or close the distance. There wasn't going to be like a middle ground for me to stay on the end of that right hand because that would just be silly. Um, so yeah, definitely. Uh, and then pretty much that whole week I was just hitting that on pads and um, we like, will you have footage of us hitting it on pads and hitting it out the back even. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad that it was one of the things that I worked the most and that ended up being the tool that kind of got me the W, so it was really good. When you connected with the elbow, did you feel, you know, it like kind of dig in? Did you say, Did you think in your mind, like when you hit it, you're like, oh, that was a good one. I kind of, you kind of feel like it connects, but that, the one that actually sliced her sort of like dragged across, like it kind of got caught and then it dragged. So it, I felt like I hit her, but I didn't feel like I hit her clean. And then I looked back up and I was like, oh shit, like that's like really like, cause I usually look at people's chests when I'm fighting them so that I can see peripherals. And then I kind of just like looked up at her face and I was like, oh shit, that's like really bleeding. So I was like, okay, I must've got that one. But I knew like the other ones that I was hitting was doing more damage, like I guess um, impact wise mm -hmm. rather than that specific one. But I was hitting, like I was definitely landing a few of them. So I was like, oh, surely like one of these is about to 
cut her open because, I mean, that's what elbows do. You were somewhat emotional after you were announced as the winner in the cage. What did that win symbolize for you? It was just kind of, of course, I mean, I lost my debut in the promotion. Um, that was a big deal to me in itself. Um, I just really wanted to prove that I was meant to be there. Um, the camp itself wasn't the best. Like, nothing kind of happened. Like, I was, I was lucky with injuries and stuff, but in the way of cornering and stuff like that, I didn't have any of the coaches that were with me throughout the camp, fight camp. So when I went over there, I was kind of, it was a little bit thrown together and a little bit um, maybe not as professional as I would have hoped for such a high-level fight. So I was kind of like, I needed to prove to myself as well that even though I have this kind of adversity around me, that I still am going to get the W. I mean, she is Sinead from SBG. She's Conor McGregor's teammate and to like a high-level extent too. She's not just somebody that he trains with in the gym. Like he's taken her to Vegas before and stuff like that and um, she's very skilled and was, was going through a lot of opponents and was next in line for the title as well. So I was not only going into it with a little bit of adversity, but as the underdog. And I just really wanted to prove to myself and everybody else that I definitely deserve to be in this division and that I deserve to be taken seriously. And I think that really helped because, I mean, even though it was a doctor's stoppage, I felt like my striking in that first round was exactly how I wanted it to be. I was looking forward to a second round. I was ready for a second round. And I felt like I would have done even better in the second round because I would have been able to experiment more um, now that I'd gotten a few questions answered and in, in what her reactions were and some stuff. So, so yeah, it was just, it was just kind of a whole lot of stuff. I was like, man, I just felt good in myself that I did what I wanted to do and I and I got the win and I deserved it. So basically you got rid of that smidge of doubt in your mind after your first after your debut. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's just like like I I didn't want to have doubt, but I mean, you us being from Australia as well, it's different. It's different kind of knowing are we on that level? Are, are we on that international stage? How I mean, I was lucky enough to have fought people have fought internationally in my Australian fights but at the same time you just want to know like you're just like I, I can believe in myself 100% but I can still maybe not be as good as I think I am and I was like happy enough that I mean striking is my thing striking is what I like to do and I wanted to back my striking and that was and every interview that I did before that I said like I think I'm going to outstrike the striker and I did that and I was so happy that I could not only yet yeah, like get rid of the doubt but really prove that it was how I wanted to do my game plan, work to my strengths. Well, that was last uh, October. What have you been <laughs> doing with your time? Um, I've been busy, I guess. Um, October. Oh, I have been kind of. I relocated properly to Sydney. I now live in Sydney um, full time, rather than just like living on the Gold Coast and flying to Sydney for my camps. Um, but I have been kind of flying back and forth because obviously Gold Coast is my home. My mom lives there and stuff like that. So the, there was like Christmas and everything. And um, yeah, I've just been, uh, I, I've been working to be honest because obviously not all of us can just um, train full time. And I work at MMA Fight Store, which is within the um, same kind of category of what my interests are, which is really good. Um, but I... Yeah, I've just been training like a lot, trying to find um, new gyms um, and new network in Sydney. I think since I've grown up on the Gold Coast and I've done m most of my martial arts on the Gold Coast, it's been nice to kind of have a Gold Coast and Queensland network with gyms and places. I'm trying to build that here and trying to really connect with a few more places and, and get sessions in everywhere I can because I feel like that's more beneficial for me. I saw that you spent some time over at City Kickboxing, probably the hottest gym in the world right now. <laughs> How was your time over there with Eugene and the team? 
Yeah, it was awesome, man. That was such a great gym. Um, I obviously went back for my own family reasons. So I'm from New Zealand and it was nice to go back to visit them. And then just at the same time, have that gym there and be able to visit. And uh, I've met a couple of guys in the past from my Thailand adventures or being at the same UFC events and stuff like that. Um, so being able to kind of already know a few of the guys and, and be welcomed into the gym was awesome. Eugene's a, a great coach and, and the team over there is really strong. So it was a good experience for me. You were born in Christchurch, New Zealand. You spent your early childhood there. Recently, one of the biggest tragedies that ever hit the country, you know, happened. What was your reaction when you heard the news of the attack? I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, I lived there until I was 10. Um, So, like, all these places are super familiar to me. Um, And my mom lived there most of her life as well. She messaged me while I was at work and was like, oh, there's been a shooting in Christchurch. And I mean, like, even when you see the message, you're like, oh, like, it can't be that big a deal. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it, there's no shooting in Christchurch. What do you mean? There's, like, gun, like guns in Australia or New Zealand. Like, that's just such a crazy idea in itself. And then, um, yeah, and then a customer, literally, like, five minutes later, a customer was like, did you hear about the shootings? And I was like, what are you talking? So this is a real thing? Like, and as the day went on, it just progressed into understanding how major this issue was. And it was just, it's just so sad. Like, not only has Christchurch gone through all these earthquakes, which I was lucky enough to move away before all that happened. So all my family and everyone has now dealt with all these earthquakes. Everyone had massive anxiety due to that and was a little bit scared of going out and going out of the house and kind of getting involved in stuff because they were scared another quake was going to happen. And now we've got this to happen again to such a small place like Christchurch. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Like it's, it's still hard to even wrap my head around. Um, one of the worst things is that um, my godmother and my mom's best friend since early childhood is a um, police officer there. And so that, like, obviously I, I'm hoping, like, I was hoping that most of my family weren't in the area and they weren't, which was good. Um, but knowing that she's on kind of the front line and she's been in a, in the service for over 10 years um, shows that, yeah, like, she could be a massive danger and, and that kind of stuff. And it's very direct to, to what I would expect. But, I mean... I always joke about Christchurch being very, um, uh, like, every everyone from New Zealand will say Christchurch, Christchurch is very white, like, because there's not, like, it is, it is very, like, Anglo-Saxon um, area of all places in New Zealand. But to this extent, to, to understand that the discrimination is to this extent is so sad. It's so sad and so hard to admit that that, that is actually true, that people are kind of have this mentality um, and such a old-school backwards mentality. When, I mean, a lot of people don't, and that's definitely not speaking for the majority, but to be so extreme about it, where you're going to act on it to this extent, is, yeah, it's really, really, really sad. I was, I was like, really sad when I heard about it. Yeah, um, I think not only New Zealand and Australia was impacted, I think the whole world was impacted by this. You know, it was huge, huge news everywhere, and hopefully, you know, they could get over this quickly and, you know, right the wrongs. Yeah, and somehow just prove that this is not speaking for the majority. It's not speaking for Australia and New Zealand and even, like, other countries that have reached out. This is just a few people that have acted on it and have really made, like, a bad decision. But if anything, I hope that it just brings a lot of people together and it makes people a little bit more open to speak about the fact that they are open to Islamic and Muslim and even just any, really, religion, open to any religion, being a part of a country and a, and a first-world country like our own, 
um, to be living in in the area. I mean, Christchurch is such a small place, but the fact that it's affected the entire globe can go to show that anyone can now speak out and just prove that there's more love than there is hate and that hate shouldn't win. Now, going back to your fight career, your next challenge is at Bellator 219 versus Marina Magnakina on March 29th. It's a hard name to say. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was this fight always in the works or is this this short notice for you? Um, It's always been this date that's always been in the works. Um, Obviously, they were talking about this opponent specifically, but since she is a new signing, they weren't 100% sure how her visa would go. I mean, I know myself, visas in America are a very hard thing to get. I don't know what the um, what it's like Russian to America, but Australia to America, it's still hard. Um, so, And it's just more time-consuming. So it's kind of, it wasn't confirmed 100%, but it was always going to be this date. And either way, if they didn't get her, they would get somebody else for me, um, which is kind of the nice thing about Bellator is that you can pretty much guarantee somebody else will step up to the opportunity of fighting on such a good show. Um, but now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got my contract, so it's all confirmed. We're all moving forward with flights and dates and everything like that. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a little bit more solid to work towards and, and kind of understand that it's secure. What were your thoughts initially when you heard her name as your next opponent? Um, like, obviously, I didn't know much about her at the time. Uh, and then I looked into her tape and any of her fights online. And we found out, obviously, her Sambo champion and um, all the backing surrounding that and all her wins being from subs. So that was super interesting. I think it was cool for me because uh, even though I've now had two fights with Bellator, I was kind of expecting one of these days they were going to put me up against more of a grappler because I'm more of a striker, um, which is to be expected. So, yeah, I'm, I, I love the whole striker v grappler kind of thing. And, um, I mean, Sambo is a little bit different, but at the same time, it's still kind of... She's got the same sort of game plan and you can expect to um, do something pretty similar to what she's done in the past. So, um, yeah, that, that excites me. That kind of shows that I can prove myself against a striker and now I can prove myself against a, a grappler and I can hopefully offset with a good game plan and execute it properly with maturity. I saw that you wrote, you know, on social media that this camp is your first camp with proper strength and conditioning. Talk about your work with Ethos Performance. Um, Ethos has been amazing. Um, me, Oni, uh, Ethos, um, and the crew there even, um, have been incredible. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. I mean, um, I'm up to about 16 fights across the board of the three combat sports. And, um, this is the first time I've had someone actually write me a program and me go in regularly two, three times a week to do strength and conditioning. So that in itself is a bit crazy. I've noticed so many changes in my body. And a lot of other people have noticed changes in my body too, which is kind of a massive compliment to ethos. Um, and then at the same time, my endurance and, and my change of strength at the gym has been interesting. So I'm looking forward to showing how that will go in the actual fight and how much that will make a difference. Um, obviously, it might make a difference to the weight cut as well, which would be interesting. Um, but just having this new dynamic on board has been so positive for my mental state as well. It should be nice knowing I've got this added kind of secret weapon that I've been harboring for the last few months and something that I've definitely been as much as I am consistent with all of my training I've definitely been consistent with this strength and conditioning for the last few months even before I even got the call up for this fight so it's nice to see that that'll make a a cool improvement into this fight coming up just like most you know top level athletes top level fighters 
you know, you work at multiple camps, multiple, you know, gyms. Where are you training right now? Um, at the moment, I'm doing a lot of my training in Smeaton Grange area. So I've got my MMA and uh, sparring and jiu-jitsu mainly at Triple X Fight Academy. And then I'm also doing a lot of boxing under Anthony Redwood in um, the Grange High Performance, old school boxing. Um, so that's been really positive. I mean, as much as I'm jumping around, um, everyone's kind of proficient in their field. So it's been positive to, ha to work on these individual aspects and then put them all together um, kind of at, East, uh, at um, Smeaton Grange and the Triple X Academy. And then having the strength and conditioning at um, Ethos as well has been pretty much just ensuring that I'm doing at least two sessions a day. And that's been so nice. Obviously, everything else I can control, like road work and pool sessions and stuff like that. And, um, and then I've been able to spar at different gyms in Sydney, which has been another added bonus. Um, meeting new coaches and having new opinions on board um, has also been really good. And so, yeah, from from that, it's just it's gone from kind of having everything under the one roof to, to moving around. But it's it's been just as positive, I feel. Are there any particular training partners you're working with? Uh, yeah, definitely. One of my main training partners is Aiden, um, Aiden Maruki, who's a uh, jiu-jitsu brown belt, but should have been a black belt like over a year ago. He's probably my most consistent because um, we train at all the same places. And um, so he's made a massive difference. Like his experience, he's like one of those people that's on the Australian scene, but has competed internationally in both jiu-jitsu and um, MMA. So it's kind of like one of those things. I'm lucky enough to have him accessible to me and to ask him any questions and him notice things in my striking, not just jujitsu. Um, and then being against a grappler, I can be like, okay, she obviously likes the scramble, likes these submissions. How should we work to defend them? Blah, blah, blah. And that's been like, yeah, really positive. Um, at triple X as well, there's Nathan Reddy, uh, Caleb and Zane is the head coach there, the um, tough smashes al alumni. So that has been really good as well. Um, and Redwood has been massive um, in fixing my boxing. As much as I've always had kind of good striking, it's always good to just have someone be like, all right, you are not as good as you think. And if you did this, you would bump something up by tenfold. And that in itself has been really, really cool. Um, I just love open-minded people and having people that are really going to pull me up on, on basic uh, habits that I want to fix as much as possible. Obviously, I want to be the best athlete I can be. So things like that are really, really beneficial. What type of performance are you looking to have at Bellator 219? Um, one of the main things I want to show is maturity. It's one of the things that I wanted to show in my last fight. Um, it's one of the things I definitely didn't show in my promotional debut. And I felt like the big lights and the big crowd and everything like that did get to me a little bit. So I'm hoping to just show um, that I've been around for a while and I've had a few fights under kind of every circumstance you can think of in different weight divisions, in different combat sports and stuff and now this is where I belong to be and this is where I'm comfortable so the only thing I want to show is just that obviously I have skills and I showed that I have skills in my last fight so I just want to show that I will be consistent from here on in because that maturity has kind of hit me now in my career and I'm at the point where I can be calm and collected and just execute the game plan that I want to execute with the skills that I have behind me already so um, kind of I don't really want to prove anything other than that just that like, I know I have the skills. A lot of people around me know I have the skills. And, I mean, that's why I got signed. So, I just want to prove that there is a reason why you guys believe that. So, um, hopefully I can show that in this next fight. After this fight, you, you have two fights left on your Bellator contract. What is your plan with the remaining two fights? Are you looking 
at certain opponents? Do you have that certain opponents in mind, or are you concentrated on reaching a certain status? You know, with these two fights. Um. Obviously, I want to take it as it comes, but um, I'm lucky enough that this division is pretty stacked at the moment. And even before this fight, there was a few names getting thrown around. Um, and a lot of the girls in the division at the moment are consistently fighting. I mean, we've all kind of we're all fighting each other a little bit as well, which is kind of good and bad, but it's creating a um, a better understanding for who wants to sit at the right rankings and making it a little bit more legitimate when you look at title contenders and stuff like that. Um, I'm not expecting to get a title shot um, in the next two fights. I mean, if it happens, then I'm, I'm happy to step up to the to the plate. But um, at the same time, there's so many other high-level girls that I'm happy enough to fight and prove myself against so that I can show that I deserve to get that um, title shot when it, when it comes. And I think basically performance for, like, each performance by itself will have to kind of prove that and what direction I go from there. So we'll see how we go. But in a general sense, I'm just excited to get like any of these high level names after fighting Amber and her fighting Arlene and um, Arlene fighting Sinead. And then Sinead was meant to fight Olga and then she got um, injured and then Olga wants to fight me. And then um, Cindy Dendo is for Olga as well. And so, yeah, it's all going to like pretty much work out um, in, in a good kind of succession and, and then I'll end up getting the title shot whenever I deserve it. So that'll be cool. All right, one last thing before I let you go. You know, a lot of fighters, they listen to different types of music to get them hyped for training and for, you know, in preparation for their fights. What are you yeah. listening to right now? Could you give some suggestions to your fans? Um, it's funny because we've actually just been, like, pumping out, um, between Aiden and I especially, pumping out what we've walked out to in the past. We were like, oh, what have you walked out to? And I was like, oh, I walked out to this. And he was like, I might walk out to that. And then um, and vice versa because uh, he's fighting soon too. So um, it's been a mix of stuff. But at the moment, I think we're currently sitting on, um, oh, there's a song called Swerve by um, a guy. I forget the band name. And then a few of the other songs were just like Wu-Tang and then old school like DMX and stuff like that. The next um, walkout song that I've put in so far, I'll probably change, to be honest, I always change my mind the week of, so I'll probably change my mind, but, um, it should be, a, a Biggie remix, so, um, by Matona, so, um, it's old thing back, I think a lot of people have heard it before, but that's always, like, a good vibes, you don't have to be aggressive, just as a good vibes, feel good kind of song that will just get me hyped and know that I'm ready to roll. Alright, March 29th, Bellator 219, Temecula, California. Janae, thank you for your time and uh, good luck to you. No problem. Thank you so much.